It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The FT an Irish bailout. What will it mean for your savings, bond funds and bank shares? Investment timing. Can private investors ever get it right? And interest-only mortgages. Where can you still get an affordable loan? All this to come on this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Alice Ross. Hello. And Tanya Poli. Hi. And our special studio guest, Jamie Bullock, Head of Third Party Marketing at Barclays Wealth. Good afternoon. So let's start with the money news. This week, a European Union bailout of Ireland became inevitable after Irish Central Bank Governor Patrick Holland said the government was definitely likely to ask for a loan of tens of billions of euros to show that Ireland has sufficient firepower to deal with any market concerns. Representatives from the EU and the International Monetary Fund arrived in Dublin on Thursday to examine the books of Ireland's main banks and assess what scale of financial assistance might be required. EU financial officials suggested that the conditions of the bailout package would be outlined sometime next week. But what does it mean for private investors in the UK who have deposits with Irish banks and investments in bond funds and bank shares? Um, Alice, We've all been following this uh, on a near hourly basis. Um, I imagine there are some areas where private investors might be a little bit worried. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that if you were investing in the Irish stock market for growth, um, as some people have done in recent years, those days are probably gone now. I don't think we're expecting much growth from Ireland for quite some time. Um, uh, specific um, Irish vehicles have been struggling. For example, the Gartmore Irish Growth um, is the only investment trust that um, invests in Ireland. It lost its manager a couple of months ago. And now the future of, of the fund is actually in question because people are just not really expecting any equity growth in Ireland. And we all know what's happened to the Irish property market as well. But let's uh, sort of look at UK investors who might have sort of indirect exposure to Ireland through, let's say, uh, a European bond fund. Mm. Um, What's the position for them? Well, uh, this kind of depends on what decisions they make in Ireland and whether they restructure government debt in Ireland, um, which might mean that investors have to take a haircut. But if you're in a general bond fund in Europe, um, there's good news elsewhere in Europe that will probably offset the effect of Ireland. So um, investors have been flocking into German bonds for example, and those are giving these funds an uplift. So um, from a bond perspective, you're probably OK if you're in one of these general bond funds. And I suppose we, we should say, for, for those who haven't been following the Irish story uh, as closely,
closely. By a haircut, we, we mean that there would be a restructuring of Irish uh, government debt, which would mean that people wouldn't necessarily get back the amount that they put into these bonds. Exactly. It's the amount they'd lose is the haircut. That's the risk, yeah. Um, so good news, though, that, that these might be balanced by uh, the uplift in the price of, of German bonds. Um, of course, UK banks are quite heavily exposed both to Irish government debt but also to Irish bank debt as well. Yeah, I mean, the UK banks are big lenders to Ireland, so there are some concerns over the effect that this could have on the UK banks and the UK financials. That is also a worry that some people have. But again, we're going to have to see um, how it pans out over the next week or so and exactly what the details are. Um, I think the general message is, you know, don't panic, basically. Um, And uh, one of the good pieces of news is that if you're... um, uh, with one of the Irish banks, you are still getting protection for your savings and deposits. So we're not really seeing any kind of a run on the banks and no one is anticipating that at all. That's a very good point. It's important to remember that the Irish deposit protection guarantee remains in place. That's up to €100,000. It's only going to be strengthened, I suppose, by this bailout. And for those people who have more than €100,000, the, uh, the additional eligible liabilities guarantee, another Irish scheme, will cover sums above above that level. That's right. Yeah, You do have to check that your bank is um, part of that guarantee scheme, but most of them are, so um, you should be fine. And um, and also, it's, it's probably worth pointing out that savers with some of the um, UK arms of the Irish banks are also protected under the UK Financial Services Compensation Scheme, which is up to £50,000, and that's the post office um, and allied Irish. Exactly. And of course, the UK financial services uh, compensation scheme protection level is going up in January, mm. so it will match the Irish one of €100,000. So some reassurance there. Alice, thank you very much um, uh, for that. And for full details of how the Irish bailout will affect you, look out for our coverage in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, is it still possible to get an affordable mortgage on an interest-only basis? First, though, market timing. We all like to think that we can get our timing right when we invest in the stock market, buying into shares and funds at bargain prices and then selling the handsome profit just a few years later. But all too often, private investors buy high and sell low. Just think back to tech stocks and, of course, bank shares. So now, the boffins at Barclays Wealth and Cass Business School have done some research into how bad private investors are at timing the markets. They analysed data from 1992 to 2009 and found that investors who bought high and sold low lost up to 2% a year by doing so, which of course has a big compounding effect over time. Alice, were you surprised by these findings? <laughs> no, I don't think it's um, that surprising insofar as we're all aware that um, retail investors tend to be a little bit like lemmings when it comes to following the market trends. Um, they always buy high and they sell low. Um, they basically move with market sentiment. Um, but it's interesting to have you know, some, some exact figures based on this research, which is from 92 to 2009, so quite a decent stretch of time. Um, and we found that um, you know, returns have been slightly different in different 
different sectors, haven't they, Jamie? So in some areas, retail investors did a lot worse and in other areas, they didn't do quite as badly. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. I think what we found for the research is that those investors who are predominantly invested in bond sectors didn't really suffer from the, uh, the negative effect of time as much as those investors who are in equity sectors. Mm. And that's really down to the volatility of the underlying um, portfolios and, and stocks. Mm. So if it's, um, I suppose that makes sense because if you're in equities and they're more volatile, the risk of losing the the high days is going to be greater. Exactly right. Your up days are going to be that much better and your down days are going to be that much worse. Whereas uh, a portfolio made of predominantly bonds will see a, a more sort of consistent return profile. So mm. those investors who had a greater exposure don't really suffer from time as, as much as those who are investing in, in, in sort of the high octane equity sectors. Mm. And in fact, it's often um, the best time people say to sell your stocks when you see other people piling into an area. So I think um, I was looking at some separate data actually from Fidelity this week, which showed that um, if you'd missed the top 10 days over a 10-year period, the return on your investment could be significantly different than if you hadn't missed those top 10 days. Exactly. What we found was is that the UK days was entirely consistent with the US experience. But what was quite interesting was that institutional investors or professional investors mm. didn't suffer from the same gap as retail investors. That's quite interesting, actually, because um, fund managers get quite a lot of stick for not being able to outperform their benchmarks and, you know, just moving in time with the market. But your research seems to suggest that at least they don't um, mistime the market. No, I think from an asset allocation perspective, what the research probably is indicating is that they're more likely to time the market well than a retail investor who will follow market mm. trends. Mm. Uh, and that's different to saying that fund managers will always outperform or not. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's entirely consistent with the, the commercial property boom, the tech boom. But the point at which an investment theme actually makes it through to the consciousness of a retail investor, actually, normally that the, the theme has, has run its course in terms of an investment story. Mm. And just briefly, um, how can we avoid these kind of errors? Um, should we just reverse that mentality and buy low, sell high? Well, I think there's a, there's a couple of things. If, if you talk to, to many managers in IFAs, there's a mantra that is you spread your risk, diversify your portfolio, invest for the long term and mm. phase your investments. Mm. And if you do all those things, then you are able to minimise the effect of timing in the market. Investors also have to get over this mentality where if they want to maximise returns, they think they have to actively allocate their portfolios. Mm. And actually, a buy and hold strategy might be the best way to achieve their objectives. Mm. You make it sound so easy. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much thank indeed uh, for that. And for more on the cost of market timing um, and the point that Jamie was making that uh, you know can simply buying and holding um, a, a well-diversified portfolio be any better, you can read Alice's analysis of market timing and buying exchange-traded funds in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, interest-only mortgages. Private banks are now becoming more cautious about interest-only lending on high loan-to-value ratios as concerns that house prices will fall over the next 12 months increase. While some private banks would previously lend up to 80% on an interest-only basis, mortgage brokers claim that these lenders are now increasingly restricting the interest-only portion of the loan to 70% and insisting that the portion of the loan above this amount is paid on a capital and interest repayment basis. Tanya, um, private banks are obviously getting a little bit nervous about the housing market. Any other reasons why they might be doing this? Um, Well, it's interesting. I mean, 
most of the market will actually only offer up to between 60 to 70 percent i mean most most private banks that's kind of typical conservative um, maximum loan to value for them it was only a few lenders such as coots and um, barclays wealth that actually would offer up to 80 percent um, loan to value for interest only and um uh, handles balcon would own, would probably offer up to 75 percent what we're seeing is these lenders are coming a bit more in line with the rest of the market and being a bit more conservative just because they've got kind of things that they have to worry about their capital requirements with the basel um, legislation and then also um, there's this kind of increasing worry that we've mentioned about house prices actually over the next 12 months um, might not do so well we've already seen a bit of a slowdown and um, there's sort of concerns that there could be a potential double dip not just in the main street market but even the prime um, london market could suffer slightly next year um so you're seeing kind of these um lenders who were have more most comfortable with the higher loan to value um kind of restricting it slightly so for example if um you would have won today a 75% um, interest-only um, loan-to-value. Um, now, lenders such as Barclays Wealth would say perhaps, um, OK, we'll, we're happy to give you 70% interest-only, but that extra 5% we want on a kind of capital repayment um, basis. So... Um, Actually, I mean, it's kind of restricting the amount of what you can get on interest only. But brokers are saying, actually, don't worry too much because um, what they're because private banks are so much more flexible than high street lenders. They're actually agreeing to kind of so rather than just having to put the repayment um, basis on a monthly basis, which would put you know skyrocket monthly payments and make it kind of quite unaffordable for most. Um, private clients they're now actually agreeing that you know they'll do it as a kind of bullet payments so there's one-off payments that will be structured in line with when you get your bonus so say if you got your bonuses on a quarterly basis you'd be able to pay like say a certain amount of that extra loan and those on each quarter basis or on an annual basis you want if that's what suits you better so you can be flexible it doesn't have to be monthly repayments of capital. For those of us who um, are neither eligible for uh, a loan from a private bank nor in receipt of quarterly bonuses, Mm -hmm. like me, um, what about the high street? Um, You mentioned that the high street was not as flexible, but who are the the sort of the most uh, uh, welcoming lenders? Um, I think most people are saying that Nationwide um, are still fairly flexible. they offer up to about 90% on interest-only basis. But again, with all high street lenders, um, most of them, I mean, over the past six months, we've seen this massive, like, you know, tightening of kind of policies on um, interest-only. Um, so all of them will require, um, you know, an acceptable repayment vehicle. So they want to see evidence that you can pay this back, either in the form of an ISA, um, you know, stocks and shares, um, that type of thing. Um, Nationwide also has those kind of acceptable repayment vehicles that you have to comply to. Um, but it's much, much more flexible in terms of actually how higher loan to value you can get. I mean, majority in the market in the high street, you typically get about 75% now on interest only. There are some lenders that will do a similar thing to private banks and actually let you pay um, the rest of the loan, the higher proportion on a kind of repayment basis. Um, but I think there's only a couple that do that. Um, so it's kind of important that you actually really look at the kind of criteria, what people say and, um, you know, look closely at the details. So yes, look at the look at the restrictions and look at the private banks and the high street. Tanya, thank you very much uh, indeed for that. And for more on the best buy interest-only mortgages that are still available, look out for Tanya's article in the money section of this weekend's FT. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you will find weekday news updates and all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Tanya, Alice and our special studio guest, Jamie Bullock of Barclays Wealth.
Goodbye. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.